record. And it's recording. All right. All right. It's been a minute. You want to do the clap? Yes. Let's do the right. clap. Here we go. You ready? Mm-hmm. One, two, three. Clap. That's a perfect comeback clap. Or how do you feel? I don't know how you... I could see you clap after I clap. I can see you clap exactly the same as me every time. Really? It's always in perfect Let me ask sync. you this. Are, are you following the one, two, three, or are you looking... I'm looking and I'm following. Like one, two, three, and smack. All right, let's do this. I want you to close your eyes. All right? Close your eyes. They're closed. One. All right. One, two, three, clap. Now I was a bit too fast, I think. So, uh, so I just, I was just at a, I had a meeting at a, at a building that is under construction and I went up to the third floor on the elevator and it's like a 12 story building. And then, uh, the fire alarms went off and I was trapped in the elevator. Cause no, 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 I didn't get trapped in the elevator, but I, I could, there was, it was under construction. I couldn't find where the stairwell is at or anything. And so I was stuck on this, this in the building. It wasn't really on fire. I don't think it was just one but, of those false alarm things. Yeah, but either way, it was I was stuck there. I mean, so. So you thought you would miss the podcast I, return? Yeah, yeah, I was afraid I wouldn't be here. What? Well, but sucked. I'm here. Cool. I'm here. Good to yeah. have you here. Thank you. What, 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 what you been up to, Amir? Oh, had uh some vacation time, and now I'm back in full swing. And, um, yeah, we haven't done that much, really. It's been hot as a fucking pig's roasted asshole here. Yeah? Yeah. It's, 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 it's been like that here. I hate talking about the weather. I know. But it just, we had a shittiest summer ever, and now it just came full blaze. Like a finishing, like, death rattle of the summer, I guess. So, yeah. Just been, yeah. uh... And I've been. I started uh, trying to get rid of my uh, vacation fat because ah. I put on a lot of weight during the vacation. Two vacation Is weeks. Is that right? Yeah. Oof. Brutal. Uh, so I'm doing like a very intense diet slash fasting slash rowing and morning exercising, and it's uh, it's pretty brutal. But I'll do it for like I'll do it like super intense for a month, and then I'll let go a little bit because i'm two days of the week now i'm not eating like i eat once a day two two times a week and it's pretty gnarly is that is that healthy for a person to do yes perfectly it is yeah how much candy are you eating uh zero amounts of candy zero candy yeah zero candy yeah so in sweden do they have support groups for people that don't eat candy anymore like a (laughs) yeah yeah i think they do I, i don't think i need that um, no, I, you don't need to go to the confectionaholic. My support group is the meeting. mirror in the morning. When I look at my no, fat, useless shit body, I just realize that's my support for that. That mirror is fat shaming me pretty bad every morning. So I'm like, yeah, that's all the motivation I need. And I would imagine it'd be depressing if you had a dad bod but no kids. Exactly. 
that's why I, <laughs> that's why I need to to get get rid of this this uh, piece of shit body. Well, not all of it, but a lot of it. So, what have you been up to? Um. Well, I have. I I went camping. Yeah, I went camping. That was fun. Nice. So I did that. Yeah. But uh, just working. You know, sitting here and we still got this pandemic going. It's changed a little bit. The pandemic has because we went from uh, the the just the kind of the timeline for everybody keeping score. We went from everybody got sent home with the pandemic. And then everything started opening gradually, and then Georgia opened wide up, and now everybody has corona and we're closed again. Mm-hmm. So pretty cool. It's not so cool. before when everything was closed, I couldn't name you one person that was sick, not a single soul. And now I could name you fifty. And so did it, did anyone did this might be a hard question. Uh, did anyone did you know pass away from it? Not yet. No, but. But I mean that's not really the threshold. I mean this is not a a, a a a like a this is not like a like a hangover type like threshold like but did you die? No. That's not like really how I'm going to look at it. Well, I, I look mean, at yeah, it like I didn't die, but I mean I almost fell off a ladder today and didn't die, but I'm not going to take another chance of doing it again. No, but I mean like the recovery rate is pretty pretty significant. Like it's it's really high. I think you have to just I don't know. I'm not an expert, but it feels like everyone did it wrong. Sweden did it like the complete opposite of you guys, and that was wrong. And I think you guys went way too hardcore. That was also wrong. I think that you should have just, I don't know. People are probably tired as fuck of hearing of this, but I, I think they have, should have quarantined risk group people like they did with the swine flu. Like they didn't quarantine anyone, but they just said like, if you're in a risk group, be careful. But it was a completely yeah. different like media landscape back then, when the swine flu and the bird flu was around. But that was that had basically the same, basically the same fatality rate. So, I think if this would have would have if COVID would have come like ten years ago, it wouldn't have been this serious. The lockdowns and everything. But I think it's who knows. It, who knows? It's 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 completely fucked for for older people and. And people with bad immune systems. But what what's weird is like they're talking about like wash your hands, don't touch your face, all that shit, stay home. No one's talking about like improve your immune system, eat healthy. Like there's nothing of that which helps. No, that's true. And that's true. And that's that that is that is absolutely true. Like we don't talk about that. Not at all. Like you, uh, like I make fun about you eating all that candy and stuff, but like it's a chore to it's work to get up and, and be healthy. It is. It's it's something and if that, I didn't drink a half a bottle of Jack Daniels while I sit at night and watch baseball, I would probably be a lot healthier too. That's the thing. Have you seen? Uh, so I saw Rob Lowe. You you know the actor Rob Lowe, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He was on uh, Rogan's podcast, and he looks like he's fucking twenty eight. He's fifty six. He's incredible. Him and him and Robert Downey Jr. They, they're like immortals. Fifty six years old, Rob Lowe, and he looks like a thirty year old. Like. And it's he hasn't amazing. had a drink in 30 years to do. So, really? Yeah. Uh, my friend who's, who drinks every weekend, always. Yeah. He had a kid and he stopped drinking for six months. His skin just went completely smooth. He looked so much better. He lost some weight. Like, really? He didn't exercise that much and he didn't eat that healthy, but he's still like 
lost a little bit of weight. His skin was just his eyes, the the bags under his eyes just completely vanished. He looked like ten years younger. So I've been considering having like a sober period, but it's so fucking boring. Especially like when the winter comes. That's when most people do it because you can't stay sober in the summer. It's, it's impossible. So I've been thinking about doing it now, like a two month period or something. But I don't know. Maybe I, I need like a hall pass for like if something yeah. really fun shows up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, hey, we're having a sauna night with board games. Yeah. And drugs like, yeah it's oh, my man. dog and it's my dog and cat's half birthday let's get drunk <laughs> yeah it's if something yeah, like that's how that goes. something really fun shows up i need a whole pass but i'm i want to try to be a bit more sober it, it really helps when you're when you're actually when you're trying to get in shape yeah. too well this is fun this is our new year's resolutions episode in august it cares in august <laughs> and we're not really going to do any of these things no nothing um but uh no, that's what I've been doing. I've been I've been uh, the same old. St- I'm trying to think if there's anything awesome. Uh, actually, uh, talking about kids, uh, as of by by Friday of this week mm-hmm. that we're recording, I will have zero children living at my house ever again. That sounds pretty amazing. I wouldn't jinx and it it's not, by not saying like a, never. And it's not like a custody battle or like they got <laughs> taken away from me, or you know, drown at the lake. Uh, they're, they all moved out. I don't so. think you would have celebrated this hard if they would have drowned at a lake. That would be hard. I have, I have not yet. I have not yet begun to celebrate. Yeah. But I hear the celebratory um, energy in your voice. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be all broken up coming home and being able to walk around with no pants on again. <laughs> but you should never say never because you never know what's going to happen. That's true. That's true. But I might, I might uh, super glue their doors shut. Maybe, and just make sure that nobody can ever go in there again. Maybe by next election they release COVID twenty, and you get it, and your children has to move in and take care of you. They'd better. Yeah, I'm gonna be the worst. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's kind of a big deal because uh, I've had children for most of my life, and I still have children. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but but now I don't have to like if if there's like a ketchup packet laying in the middle of the carpet squish i know that it was not me that did it i know it was my wife and so it'll be a lot it'll be interesting but it's also a great opportunity for any bad habits that i have to stop them and that way no one will ever think it was me are you gonna do are you gonna go to their house and fuck it up like yeah 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 i'm gonna go to their house i'm gonna like go to the bathroom and not flush i'm gonna spit toothpaste on the mirror I'm gonna uh, open up random bottles of water and set them everywhere. Have you seen that video? All the stuff that they do. Yeah, I saw that video <laughs> yesterday. That shit was hilarious, and it's so true too. It's so true. But I'm gonna do all that stuff. I'm gonna take all their Apple chargers. I'm gonna hide the remotes in the couch. <laughs> I I'm love gonna when drink he comes almost. Into the, he comes into the living room and he just opens up a cushion, throws one of the ropes in there, closes it, and just walks away. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm gonna do. Oh, and he too. throws all the, fantastic. the all the pillows off the couch too. For anyone yeah, watching, I'm gonna do all those things. We'll put this little clip in. Yeah, it's in the, it's funny and it's so real on our Instagram. You'll but, see. But uh, well, one of the cool things too is that uh, I've had a deal with a with a local um, with a a, a a a fellow that runs an agency here in town, and you know we've we've 
hung out at events and stuff for several years and we've always talked about that whenever I got the empty nest that we we're going to go on a vacation or something together. And so definitely going to have to start taking, like figure out that how that's going to work. Oh, but uh, sounds nice. that's going to happen too. Yeah. So yep. when are you, so anyway, when are you doing that vacation? As soon as COVID ends? As soon as COVID ends. No, I, I've got a list as soon as COVID ends and it's going to be, I'm going to be world traveler. Yeah. It ends on November 4th. I've been told. I hope. Hey, I hope so. Yeah. So yeah, that would be great. Uh, I have some cool things coming up, by the way. One thing we're going to do uh, together, you and me. Well, I'm going to have you on board for the thing. This is our OnlyFans page? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, that too. It's probably going to work a bit like that. But we'll tell people a bit more about it when it's sort of up. It's By the time this comes out, there might be a sign-up page for it, but I'm not going to jinx it by saying it and then have to get it ready for the when this comes out. So we'll see. But we, we can talk more about that next time. And I got some so some So let me cool... get this straight. For, so so what you've just teased, right, was a nothing is burger. that you're doing... You're, yeah, you're doing a thing and just be ready. Be ready. There's going to be gonna doing a thing. A thing. Right you're going to do something. But that, that, that hype right now was and that's a it. big nothing right. burger. Wow. But yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, you should I'm be. excited. You're involved. Oh, am I? Yeah. So so my threshold for involvement as you know is it can't take time, talent or money for me to do it. Yeah. And so I guess it takes none of those. You already did the work. Oh, so there's the time part. Yep. So and I'm going to steal the some talent time. part is up for debate yep. and it better not cost me money. It's oh, actually going to make you money. So I'm going to make money. All my wildest dreams are going to come true. Yes. Is it is it a podcast? It's it. It might be. Might be his second podcast. Nice. The Queen's. Uh, the Queen's uh, butter. The Queen's butter sea salt. <laughs> it's Marcus's. It's Marcus's butter. Yes. Yep. That's what it is. Cool. So I think that uh, I think that we really need to um, give some background information on our guest today. Oh yeah. This is a. Um, this is a. This is a big one. For me, at yeah. least. So every now and then there's there's people that that really impact all of our lives and you don't even know who they are really, mm-hmm. you, but you know what they've done. Mm-hmm. And so today we have definitely one of those people that that may you might not know his name, but you absolutely know his work. Yeah, unless you've been living under so, a rock your entire life. Yeah, or you were just born yesterday. Yeah, but even if you're born too. like last couple of years, you've seen some of his stuff. I mean, Sure. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, literally born yesterday in the COVID wing. Yes. Other than that, you've probably never you've you've seen his stuff. But uh, what kind of what kind of stuff does he do, Amir? Tell us what what kind of work that he does. He does a lot of uh, things within the music industry, and he has been doing mm-hmm. that since the '90s. And his right. big break for the breakthrough uh, is the one that everyone's going to recognize the most, I think. But he he's also done so much other crazy shit that I was like, you did this. It's it's pretty wild. So we're talking about Robert Fisher from Fly Fish, Flying Fish Designs, Flying Fish Studio, or Fly Flying Fi- Fish Studio. Fly Fish Studio. We're already fucking it up. But <laughs> so he he was the one who his big break to was obviously he did the cover for Nirvana's Nevermind, the album art cover. Yep. Yeah. With the and then he did all the art for. He did in utero. He did the unplugged. Everything. He did all of Nirvana's stuff. All of it. Yeah. 
He also did he also did all of Beck's stuff. He did an Odalay cover yeah. with the dog jumping over the the thing. His stuff's kind of a and he has a big so deal, much like um, what do you call it like uh, ephemera or whatever you call it from from the Nirvana stuff. He has his own. Oh yeah, yeah we'll talk about. It. He has his, yeah. his he has his own he has his own like Instagram feed only for like ephemera from like and cool like. Nirvana shit. Nirvana shit. That it's it's just amazing. Um, nice. So, yeah, we're we'll, we're gonna see if we can uh, if we can get him on here. Yeah, let's talk to him. Talk to him for a bit. Cool. Welcome to welcome to our, our humble podcast. Yeah, yes, thanks. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Uh, I know Amir and I have been chatting for I don't know a couple of years now. He, I I think you jumped me in the dribble or something like that. You stepped up and said, "Hey, I'll throw you in." And yeah, that's but, how uh, we met. Right? I saw you on Behance, and I didn't know if it was actually you or if it was someone just messing around <laughs> with your work. <laughs> so like, is this really you? You're like, yep. And um, we started talking a little bit, and I said, "Do you want to come on Dribble?" Oh, okay, and I that's gave you an it. Yeah, and I invited you there. I think this was like three or four years ago, something like that. Yeah. And um, yeah, we've been chit chatting back and forth ever since. Yeah, a little bit here and there. Yeah. So you wanna? We we all we already did gave a little introduction in our intro, but would you like to tell everybody who you are and what you do, and a little bit about your? Yeah, um, yourself. My name's Robert Fisher. Um, uh, graphic designer, art director, creative director. I guess uh, I got my start in the music industry. I guess I went to Otis Parsons here in L.A. and you know studied uh, communication design. They called it back then. And first job out of school was at Geffen Records, which lasted about eleven years, I think. So I, I kept thinking, oh, let me go get another job somewhere else, and. But then I couldn't think of anywhere I'd rather work because, you know, like music growing up was my passion. And I got to kind of merge the two music and art for my dream job. So it was killer. That's awesome. Do, do you play music yourself? Nope. Jimmy Page ruined that for me. I wanted to, I wanted to play guitar, but I'm all, I'll never be as good as that dude. So why even bother? <laughs> I mean, I, I have a couple of guitars and I sit late at night and noodle around and I'm all, you know, stringing chords together. I'm all, oh, that sounded good, but I could, couldn't do it twice. So, but <laughs> just, just for fun. So at Geffen, who are, who are some of the, the folks you worked with over there? Um, I, well, I worked with Nirvana, um, did all their stuff, uh, back, um, morphine, uh, swerve driver, teenage fan club, uh, uh, Susie and the Banshees. I think they were the creatures then or something like that. Yeah, so many I can. And then yeah. afterwards, I worked with like No Doubt and Helmet and Be- uh, Weezer, Smash Mouth, just tons. So pretty much, pretty much everything that's in my uh, CD case. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. <laughs> if you were buying a lot of CDs in the '90s, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. 
Yeah, every, still, still doing stuff. Yeah, every every paycheck that I got in the '90s went to clothes and CDs, and I had like one of those big like thousand disc wallet things in my car. Oh yeah, yeah. And I would have the album art on one side and the and the CD on the other, like a jukebox, and that's how I rolled. Yeah, I always kept the jewel cases, even though they, they took up so much room, but. Yeah, I still got boxes of CDs out in the garage. They're just like useless. They're like a nickel each. But yeah, you know, when, yeah. but when you bought, you go down to the store and buy an import. You're like, oh, that's true. And I didn't do that. I didn't do that. Fresh. Like, uh, whether it was it called like the Columbia House, where they would send you the CDs, you like order mm. fifty of them at a time. Like I went and bought them back when they were twenty four dollars a piece. Right. Yeah. People don't remember. <laughs> it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous because the the more they were making, it seemed like they, the more expensive they got too. You know, you think when they're you're printing more, the prices should come down, but they just started gouging and getting greedy. The whole '90s felt like it went up. Like every record, like CDs went up one dollar every year. Yeah, and then it just dropped to eight bucks. All at yeah. once. Yeah. See, the, another good thing about working at a label is the amount of free shit that you got it was ridiculous. You know, because yeah. I think like Geffen was bought at one point by Warner Brothers, and then like twice a week, there'd be a box in my office just like all the LPs and CDs from you know everybody under that umbrella. So everything coming out on Warner Brothers and whatever else, you'd just be like, oh. And what sucked, you'd take to the used record store and get credits and buy the stuff you want. <laughs> so yeah, it, it was <laughs> glorious. <Hell> yeah. <laughs> So how um, how old are you, Robert? I'm 58. For, 58. 58. Man. Yeah. For perspective. So when you got your big break, so to speak, how old were you then? It must have been. I. Thirty. Yeah, because I I I took the seven year college route. That's how I got so damn smart. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> I went to junior college here. Um, I'm in kind of I'm in Los Angeles, and then I went down to San Diego State. Because, you know, they said, oh, they got this really good kind of art and design program. But then as soon as I went, it, they just started cutting all the classes. And it was my first time away from home. And I was just like surfing every day instead of going to school. So I, I got kicked out of San Diego State like after the first year. So and I, I was tangled up with a girlfriend. So I stayed there another year or two. And then finally moved back to L.A. and went started going to Otis and got serious. But I'm kind of glad I went to Otis a little older because it a lot of kids coming right out of high school, you know, they were studying, but they weren't really sure what they were doing. So they didn't they didn't appreciate, you know, the great teachers and all the learning that you had. So I was there like a sponge, just soaking it all in and, you know, making the most of it, being a little older. So it was cool. So how did you end up at Geffen straight out of school? Um, I had it at the end of the year. They had a like. They'd assign you a teacher that would kind of help you with your portfolio and, you know, getting you kind of connected to the real world. And one of one of my the guy that I had, Tim Eames, he did a lot of like model building and stuff for uh, the record industry. And he knew the, the creative director at Geffen. And he said, hey, I'll hook you up with an interview when you get out. And so he did. And I went down there and, you know, you brought you brought your big leather case. Yeah, you know, it's like <laughs> with all your printouts in it. And uh, I went down there and got hired as a graphic designer there so so looking back on that on that big case uh was there anything good in it yeah yeah i, I had yeah yeah you're crushing it from the start. i mean I, well you know it was pre-computer so your Xerox, the xerox machine was your best friend right 
and and we had this this store near us that that you could do like you could run it on a red you know like a red print or I mean a magenta or a cyan or a yellow so yeah. you can almost play with so you could offset colors and you know re reprint stuff through and do some really cool stuff even back then so but man when computers came along I was like oh this is like heaven you jumped right in it yeah yeah but you know like I remember like working on early Photoshop there was like no you know you had one undo yep so if once you put something mm-hmm. down and went on to something else like you can undo it there was no layers or channels yet or anything so it was kind of crazy but... i started i started with i started with photoshop 3 was my first not cs3 but just 3 was my first photoshop oh, okay. in 97 oh yeah so they yeah it was the ground was already broken for you then yeah i was one but <laughs> 97 was the same for me as yeah. well yeah, ninety seven is when I started too. So that's that's weird. But yeah, I mean, I remember layers just changing the game completely. Oh yeah, I think when I when I around ninety three when I was working on in Udo and stuff, I was really into taking apart the color channels and kind of shifting them and doing stuff like that. So I was I was playing a lot with that kind of in design. So back then. I got a question for you, and I don't want to bounce around too much, but I went to the uh, EMP ah. Museum in Seattle. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, they've got all the, like, the in utero stuff, like that, the, the sculptures and stuff are all there, and, and, like, a lot of that stuff. But there's a story in there that says that the, the Nirvana's logo typeface is, like, that poster Bodoni, because that's what the pressman mm-hmm. had already set up whenever they went to print. Um, that, see, that typeface came when they were on Sub Pop on their, right. their first album, Ble- Bleach. So, I... So you kind of thought that there was a girl that there or whoever did their first record uh-huh. did I don't know about a press man but that could be I okay but you inherited that logo yeah yeah so I we took it but you know like w- there was never any spoken or written thing saying that we were just going to use that logo you know like we never said okay this is the logo we're only going to use it because a few times I ventured off and did other things and nobody ever said anything to go back to that or it just it went so it just fit but it it, but it is you know that's their mark i got to appreciate that though you see that and you instantly go oh that's nirvana so yeah and i'm not sure how many designers would do that i think that most would go with like a punk rock looking aesthetic as opposed to a clean yeah classic old time yeah because that's that that yeah, that one's almost like a kind of like a fashion, you know, you could see it as like a Vogue, you know, yeah. ma- magazine cover headline or something, but Exactly. So how did so it, so, it so they that was not nevermind was not supposed to be a huge album, right? Like that was not like planned on being what it was. In, Kurt, in Kurt's head it probably was. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm sure so. <laughs> no, <laughs> They, I mean, they were they were hoping that it would sell like as many as Sonic Youth. I think you know, like four hundred thousand, or you know, they had aspirations of that. But I don't think anybody expected it. When I got a, a advanced cassette of like the first three songs, like you know, Teen Spirit, um, Come As You Are, and one other one, and I was driving around with in my tape deck, you know, in my car. Just playing it over and over. I, I went. I drove out to the desert with some friends, and I think we—that's the only tape we listened to on like a two-hour drive. Just kept playing it over and over. So it had magic, you know. Yeah. You could tell now, for was first that, listen. Was that like a demo, or is that like Butch Vig's like final stuff? I, 
I'm not. I it was probably close to final mix, if not the final mixes. Yeah. You know, sometimes sometimes they would go back and tweak it a little bit after after they you know made a few advances, but. And then, how did the cover come about? Um, I the guys came in and I I I met him. Well, I I. I heard that we were signing Nirvana, and I, I was already a fan. I'd seen them before, and uh, I I went down to the creative director's office, and I said, "Hey, I heard we signed Nirvana. Can I can I work on them?" And they're all, "Yeah, sure." Thinking, "Okay, cool. You like them?" And so um, they came into my office one day, um, and we were just sitting around shooting the shit. And Kurt and Dave, I think the night before, or so had seen a documentary on babies being born underwater. So uh, they were, they wanted to do something with that. So, you know, back then you didn't have the internet full of images like you do today. So your your sourcing was going to bookstores or magazine stands and then you'd find photos. And then if you could find the photographer, you'd, you know, call them or send them a letter. Right, right. (laughs) Remember letters? Yeah. And uh, so I, I was going down to the bookstores and finding, I found like all these old, these really crappy black and white photos of, you know, home births, big hairy muffs with babies coming out. And I was like, oh, yeah, I don't know if that's going to work. And <laughs> I, 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 I found um, in, you know, they used to have workbooks where photographers and illustrators would, you know, buy a couple pages and yeah. print these big, big phone book size things and send them out. And I found this photo of a, of, of a baby swimming like in the pool kind of just like ant like looking and uh i did i xerox that up and and i showed it to them i said you know how about a baby in a pool like that and they're all, oh yeah yeah that's cool and by that time i think dave kind of dave and chris kind of faded out and i was dealing with kurt at the time he was he was definitely i was picking up that he was more kind of in the creative control so uh i showed him that and they're like yeah yeah that's cool and then I think Kurt mentioned something like, yeah, we should put like a fish hook in it or, you know, something. And then we, I went down to the studio when they were recording and they were, uh, and we, I think we all sat around and joked for, I think we went out to lunch. There was like a taco stand nearby. We went and got some tacos and just were all joking about what we could put on the fish hook. And someone said, you know, like dollar bill. We're all, yeah. And so I went back and I mocked it up. And I, I actually found the original baby photo that I found with the mock-up before we got Kurt Weddle to shoot it, which I'll be putting on the bucket soon. Uh, it might blow some minds because it's kind of funky to see another version of it with oh, a yeah. baby. But <laughs> oh, yeah, I would love to see that. <laughs> yeah. So then, anyway, um, the workbook thing, um, I found this guy um, and his his workbook tagline he did he shot a lot of cars and like really beautiful stuff but then he had this picture of a lady like in the pool and i think he said like submerged i mean specializing in submerged humans so i'm all flaw you that's our guy right that's our (laughs) guy right there you so we we hired him and he had a bunch of friends that he got to you know bring babies down to a, a pasadena swim pool and shot them and then we got the proof sheets back and there was just like one shot that stood out to me it was perfect. So I mocked it all up, sent it to the band. They're all, yep, let's go. There you go. And, and, and that's how it happened. And that was, and that wow. was, is, is that, I mean, I know that that one and then the, uh, the Odelay cover have been like listed several times as like the most iconic 
album covers of all time. So you, yeah, yeah, you've got you've got two of those, which I mean, I would argue too. Like the Weezer stuff you've done is pretty iconic as well. Um, but yeah, that was that was the was did that was that like another day at the office doing that that or was that like the one where you like was that a breakthrough for you or is that just like that's what you do? I I I guess that's what I do. I mean, I I wasn't. The, you know, because they they hadn't blown up yet. Right. I always think like, okay, if if that if that cover never mind was for a different band that like totally sucked, would it still be an iconic album cover? That's true. Or or is it because it's attached to such a great record? You know, so right? It's kind of like it seems uh, like the perfect right. storm. Well, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, well then, well then, how about this? So you've got a great <laughs> album and you've got a great album cover combined. How do you duplicate that for in utero? How does that process look now that the pressure's on both the band and the designer? Oh, let's not even start talking about pressure. <laughs> when, when, you, when you got like mil- millions of people waiting for the next record, and you're like, "Oh crap, I got to do something cool." But I mean that that was like lots of late nights in the office. But I, I had a friend who was an illustrator, and he we, we would come in on a Friday night. We were on Sunset. Um, Geffen was on Sunset, so it was kind of a fun hang. But we would get there on, you know, I'd stay, maybe go home, get something to eat, and then we would just stay. And then, like, Sunday morning, we'd be leaving the office. But, you know, we had Gil Turner's liquor store across the street, so we were, you know, we made it a good time yeah. <laughs> when we were hanging out. <laughs> so, I yeah, imagine. yeah, so, I mean, I put a lot of work into into that one to you know, try and keep it up. Uh, so some guy reached out to me and, and was asking, he, he was complimenting the contrast because Nevermind was, you know, w- watery and wet and c- cold. Uh-huh. And then in utero was like dry and cracky. And, and I was like, oh, I never really thought of that contrast that, you know, that one was really dry, you know, wet and the other one's really dry. But they have, but they yeah. have not to get too nerdy on it, but they have almost exactly the same composition though. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm super into simplicity. I, I a lot of times in my work, I'll I'll start to kind of like what I call it, like decorate it, you know, just start adding shit, right. and then I end I end up looking at it, and then I start taking stuff away. Right. Every you know, time. Yeah, because you know, if you can get a message out really clean and clear without a lot of muddies muddying it up, it's gonna you know resonate and you know like just hit people faster. And I like to kind of you know like if there's kind of some. I don't know, like hidden meanings or double meanings so that you, when you look at it, you know, oh, okay. And then you can come back and look at it again and go, oh, wait, oh, yeah, what about, oh, you know, let, let the, the viewer kind of get a little, be able to put their kind of brain into it a little. Yeah. Project and on does it. Does that make sense at all? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they can kind of form their own, you know, it's kind of like that random association type stuff where you just throw two things together without really meaning anything, but then people in, interpret it in their own way. And I think that kind of adds legs to, you know, to how long you want to look at it. Where, you know, if, if you come at them with a hard idea, say, you know, oh, it's a guy and a girl in love and look, they're kissing. And then you look at it, oh, okay, I get it. Right. But then, but <laughs> so I don't know. So, but then you see the devil, the devil in the tree behind him with this pitchfork. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So what, so let's, uh, let's just fast forward to, to now. I mean, what do you, what kind of stuff are you doing today and yesterday and past I'm, now? I'm doing whatever, whatever I can. Yeah. 
You you run your own studio now, correct? Yeah, my wife and I you work for yourself. Yeah, my wife and I. She does she does all the business and the hustle, getting new clients and do, does all the you know the billing and all that. The part that I hate doing. Mm-hmm. And then I just pretty much do all the creative and it, you know, we've been doing it 20 something years now together. Just and it's called flying fish studio. Yeah. Flying fish studio. We're flying fish studio. us cause some knothead had dot flying fish studio.com. I think he paints motorcycles or in San Francisco or something. And he just won't give it up. <laughs> I'm not going to spend $5,000 or whatever to buy it off. Him. I, I don't, yeah. I, I don't <laughs> care that much. So you're doing, you, you got, yeah, so like I'm seeing stuff for Netflix, I'm seeing still some album artwork, uh, all kinds of stuff. Ella Fitzgerald. Yeah, like, yeah, doing, doing a lot of style guides for um, uh, companies, uh, you know, for a lot of their merchandising, to, you know, licensing stuff. They're, those are always fun. Did, did a really fun one for uh, Narcos, the first season of their stuff on there you know it, it that, that keeps me interested you know in stuff it, having different projects come in from different um types of businesses you know i did like uh, you know like cbd drinks or i even did like some diaper packaging for this guy yeah you know <laughs> <laughs> but your stuff is so so different from like it's so diverse in style but that, i can always sort of tell like when something pops up in my feed and it's, well, it's, like, it's not trendy for sure. Let's, I think that'd be an easy way to say it. It's not, you're at not all. following. Like I'm looking at your dribble page and your dribble stuff does not look like the stuff on dribble. No. Okay. But you know, that always kind of, I don't know if it freaks me out or something, but you see people and they have a definite style right. and you know, like, like especially illustrators or something, and they've got this look and I always feel like I don't have that, like something really recognizable that I'm always like, oh, should I be, you know, going down one lane and holding on to it for a while, I don't so know. that it's recognizable. But, but a lot of times no, you know, you're, think... you're working like for, I said, I, you're I working for the client. I recognize it's yours when it pops up because you have that certain. See, I, see, I don't know how you could do that. <laughs> I don't know. It's just Cause... there's something about it. It's, it feels, it feels contemporary, but it feels like, it has that sort of '90s vibe in a very good way. Okay, not the bad part. No, no, no. We're not the, not the bad we're, part. We're, 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 me and Amir both wish that it was still the 90s, so don't, yeah. We're a little bit biased. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Very much so. It was, it was so, a good time. Yeah, I, I know we're talking like um, up to, to date, but I need to, to mention something. When I saw that you made that Ghetto Boys album, that that Because you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. that was what got me into hip hop. Like, really? Oh, not yeah. Snoop, not Dre, not NWA, Ghetto Boys. Like yeah. My friend, he uh, lived in a neighboring town, and he always came with, like, he. it was like a little bigger town, uh-huh. so it was still a little shithole, but he, he always had, like, the coolest, like, albums when he came visit it, because his, his grandparents lived uh, where I was from, and uh, he introduced me to the Ghetto Boys, one of their earlier albums, and I was just blown away, and that, that made me get into hip-hop, so seeing you do the cover for, for that album is just... Uh, wow. Yeah, that, uh, that that was a How did that happen? That was a pretty um well Rick Rubin um he started up Deaf America or Deaf American and I guess he, he was kind of being distributed through Geffen at the time. And he had an office kind of across the street on Sunset. And they were doing like Black Crows 
which I, I did a lot of like singles and stuff for Black Crows and posters and promotional stuff. I did um, Slayer, Seasons in the Abyss. That was through them. Danzig. And then the Ghetto Boys came through. And I think there was so much controversy over that record that I think that kind of put the split between Geffen and and his label because everyone was like, oh, my God, you know, yeah. you know, parental advisory on steroids on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But those those guys were cool though. I I I think was it Willie D came out. He's the only one I met that came in one day. I didn't get to meet Bushwick or any of the other guys. But see, I think that's 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 an interesting thing that I think that people are going to really be fascinated with is that I mean we all work, we're all designers, but uh, most of us don't get to meet the people we work with. You know, we we sit and we get yeah. an email and we send it off, but we don't. You know, the band doesn't walk in. Yeah, and I think that that's a big difference. Yeah. And I know plenty of people that are working today that that, that still have this, those stories where the band walks in and is like, "Yo, are you cool? Let's do this album cover." But it's just so many of us yeah. that we know that's not the case. It's like you can illustrate, illustrate this. See you later. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. A lot, a lot, a lot. Now it's more getting stuff through. Like since I'm not at a label proper, um, I'll just get like you know feedback from managers or something or the creative director at the label but you know if you have to go do a photo shoot like the i did that that band the struts and the only time i really met him was uh at the photo shoot Mm -hmm. so but they were a fun hangout they were they were cool to work with yeah you still met them though so yeah yeah but i do i do a lot of stuff for bands where i don't meet them at all now so yeah yeah, I mean, all the the stuff I do is basically overseas. So yeah, I I barely like maybe a phone call, but mostly it's Matt handling the phone calls, and I'm I'll be on like a thread, email thread, and just go like, hey, what do you guys think about this? And they're like, oh, thank you, that looks yeah. good. Yeah, that, that's about yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, at least and, a phone and, call helps, you know, where you can kind of get a read off their reactions and yeah stuff. For sure. So another thing that that blew my mind is that you made the logo for Capitol Records. Well, I actually they or they, you re, you rebranded. Uh, yeah, I, they came to me and they wanted to um, kind of revamp their logo and add the you know the iconic building into it. So I I did a bunch of stuff with that, worked on it, got one approved, and then I think they sent it off to their legal department and they kind of realized how much it was going to cost to you know swap it out all over the world yeah and they they and then they scrapped it so they never ended up using it officially oh, it never got used no oh, no wow. <laughs> they, they they mean they spent all this time and money you know working on it and getting it all done and then somebody up the chain said oh, we can't do that we'd have to go change our signage and all these buildings and blah 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 and they ended up not doing it so yeah Le- legal can really mess yeah. up your dream yeah yeah like, the voice of reason especially when you work on like yeah the voice of reason like or whatever you want to call it but like when you uh when you do something and that's rad and the client loves it they're like our legal department says we can't use the bridge in the background because the golden gate it's copyright. yeah yeah like something like it's like fuck yeah but yeah yeah with the bad i guess but then they always offer you a suggestion too they're like but what if we did this and it's like no that's that sounds awesome (laughs) great idea (laughs) that's a horrible idea 
<laughs> right. Yeah, that's why, like, back in the day in the 90s and stuff, be, you know, if you had a, old books with, like, etchings and stuff, all the, you know, like, um, public domain, so it was old enough that you could use it. Those were, like, gold. Oh, yeah. I think, like, on, on back Odelay, there was this, a couple patterns that I used, and they were from, like, an old wallpaper sample book that I think w one of my friends in the office had it, but, like, you could just take old wallpaper patterns from the... 40s and 50s and scan them and use them and you know stuff like that was gold back then so i think i think that's something that like i think a lot of people could learn from that you have all these tools at your disposal and we rely on internet and computers and pinterest to to inform us and, and find all that but just shit laying around gets you know can can be so much more advantageous than searching for what somebody else felt was good enough to put on the internet yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, for a long ass time, I was kind of like anti, uh, like Instagram and all that shit because I just thought, oh, you put up your work and then people just go up there and rip it off. Right. Mm -hmm. So, like, I kind of avoided it for years and years and years. But then, I think I read some article. It was on on uh, like one of my album covers or something. And there goes, yeah, this is our art director Robert Fisher, but nobody knows he doesn't have much of an online presence. And I was like, oh. Uh. I guess I mean I should start doing more shit online. So I, how's I, how's that going for you? I I get it's a time it's a time suck. Oh, yeah. But you know, it, <laughs> I I get all ambitious and I so oh I'm gonna I got Nirvana bucket then I'm gonna start vinyl bucket where I just started I'm just putting up a, one of my albums a day because I got like freaking thousands of vinyls in the garage I've been digging out and playing and I started Led Zeppelin bucket because. I started like when I was a kid, Led Zeppelin was my go-to jam and I, I started like scrapbooks and I think that kind of got me into designing and kind of, you know, organizing stuff and laying stuff out. So, and then I got like ticket stub bucket and then I'm all, oh yeah, but then I sit and realize this is taking up a lot of time every day. So like I kind of faded back on a yeah. few of them, but. <laughs> yeah, but I follow uh, Nirvana bucket religiously and. All right, and cool. Thanks. As well. But I think that one that one really popped off for you. The Nirvana bucket? Yeah, yeah. When, yeah like I, on Instagram. Yeah, I start I started um, you know, putting stuff up on my um Flyfish Studio LA one. And every time I'd put a Nirvana thing up, people would be like, oh, and start asking questions and stuff. So I figured, uh, oh, this is gonna take over my work feed. So I just I one day I put up a thing saying, I'm moving all the Nirvana shit over there. And then yeah. people started following it. So but I, well, I, I remember. I don't know if you remember this, but you texted me and you were really, really pissed off. It was early on. Someone had reported your Nirvana oh, cover. Yeah, you got yeah. shadow banned. I did it when I that? I put up, um, never mind, and it got yanked down, and I got shadow banned for like three weeks or so. Where I every time I put some up, it, it didn't go to any of the um, hashtags or anything. Yeah. But I was like, oh, okay. But it's all over the damn, you know, Instagram. So why it's would everywhere? It... But I, I was, I was posting because I was kind of figuring it out Instagram, and I, I think I was hashtagging Flying Fish Studio, and then there was somebody else had regular Flying Fish Studio, and it maybe was kept showing up in their feed, and they were getting pissed off, so they might have reported it or something. Who knows? Or it could have just been just a troll. Yeah. But I mean, but I mean, thinking about yeah. that, like you post up the album cover, it's hard for people to relate that. It's because you've made it. You know, it's hard for people. Oh, right, we yeah. all want to believe that all the things around us came from some magical place a million miles away, <laughs> done by other people. But 
you know, it's hard for somebody to empathize and be like, oh, this dude who's just a guy that went to art school and had a job went and had tacos with Kurt Cobain and came up with an idea and then threw his friend's baby in a pool. <laughs> it's just hard. It's hard to, it's hard to yeah. simplify things down to that. Yeah, yeah I, I guess, but yeah, I, I you know, like that's another thing, like st- putting all the all because I'm a pack rat and I save like so much shit from working with all all the bands, all, every single promo CD and poster that I worked on, I you know, you'd get samples and I just nutted them away. Yeah, and now I'm just I've been you know kind of pulling them out, going oh this is kind of cool, and putting them up, and people are like oh that's crazy, but I, I don't know for some reason I've I've been this kind of weird collector, like when I was a kid. My friend and I would ride our bikes around, like we'd go down one one side of the street, and we'd go in every single store and go, "Do you have a business card?" And we just collect business cards from every business up and down the street. And you know, some I started noticing, oh, this one's kind of die cut, and if this one, you know, it's like a haircutting place, and it looks like scissors, and this one's got you know foil stamping, and you know, I was yeah. probably like fourth grader, fourth grade or something. And then I started collecting matchbooks every time we went out somewhere. And then when I got, when I started getting into music, I would go into record stores and, you know, you'd see the posters on the wall and I'd say, Hey, can I have that poster when you're done with it? And they're all, okay. And then my friend and I found that if you go in the trash can in the dumpsters behind record stores, ah. they were full of, full of awesome stuff. So I started collecting stuff that way. My friends and I would like skateboard around town and just go behind. We had like about four or five record stores. We'd go hit up in the back and just, you know, I have like a, Led Zeppelin, Song of Me is the same, you know, movie one sheet and all the standees and one by ones from stuff, you know, way back in the 70s even. So I think that's how I started kind of putting like value to music collectibles. So then when I got, you know, then, you know, buying vinyl and CDs and stuff, but then working at a label, I just kind of felt like everything needed to be saved because... I was not like my wife thinks I'm crazy because I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, I, I don't have a storage bin. It's all in the garage. So I'm not paying to store it. So, <laughs> yeah. I can imagine that, that collection being something of another world. But uh, I, I want to ask you about something a bit, uh, a bit more, some sad shit. Like, how oh, no. do you remember where you were and what, um, how it was like for you when, when Kurt uh, passed away? Yeah, I was sitting at my desk, and I, I think the creative director at the time came in. But it was, a, like, a, I don't know, it was a week or so before. I don't know how many days. But he, like, he, I guess, OD'd in Rome. And everyone kind of started reporting that he was dead or something. So it was kind of like, ah. Uh. And then I remember they came in, and they they sent me home for the day to go home. But yeah, it was it was really sad. I you know I I have I used to, I used to have a lot of dreams where I was thinking, oh man, if I only could have reached out and you know yeah. told them like, hey, did, you know it's gonna be cool. Don't worry about it. You know you can get through this or something. But so did you? Were you guys? Uh, would you consider yourself that you 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 guys were friends? Uh you know, it wasn't like inner circle friend. We. You know, we didn't hang out that much as like, you know, if I was like a guitar roadie or something like that, I'm sure he probably was closer with people like that. But we had a really good work relationship, you know, like where we both kind of respected each other, I think. And that's cool. He he was always really, he was like, well, I call him a sweetheart because he was really kind of soft spoken and, you know, he was really, really intelligent and 
knew what he liked and I think he trusted me to do stuff. So it, it was good like that. But, you know, I, we weren't like buddy, buddy, buddies. But whenever yeah, but we'd hang out and go to lunch. Hard and, to be, it's hard to be, become a friend like when someone becomes the most famous rock star. In the yeah, world. yeah. Everybody's, you know, everybody's pulling on. But, you know, like one thing yeah. I... I don't know if I regret, but I uh, I never like asked for an, him to sign anything or you know any of the band, and I never tried to get a photo with them or you know even at photo shoots I yeah. could you know a lot of times people jump in at the end they're like here's the crew, but I yeah. for, for some reason never did that because I I didn't want to kind of cross that line of you know I'm sure that was appreciated. Yeah, and then you don't level. you don't talk to them about like, oh my god, I love your work so much. You know, you say, <laughs> oh, that, that's a great song or something like that. But you don't want to yeah. kind of fanboy out on it or something. Yeah. And then, you know, just just talk about normal shit like he's one of your friends or something. I think maybe they appreciate that or something. But definitely, I think yeah, definitely. It's hard. To, it's hard to do though. I mean, me and Amir get to hang out with some people that we really admire, and it's hard to like walk up and not just want to geek out and just be like, oh my god, you you. You influence me so much, because because then it, you're right. It just puts you on like another side. You're like uh, you're 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 basically yeah, saying yeah. I'm not like you. I'm. Upset. It puts you in this little yeah, this yeah. little fan puppy. But but uh, not saying that they're not going to appreciate that. So you, right, you know, no. they probably like it, it's just the way. It, yeah, it's just the way you approach them. But uh, yes, yeah, so, like we we met uh, Charles Anderson a couple of times. Who's one? Oh of yeah, them. yeah biggest names in the industry and he's like we met a couple of times and he i think it was like two years apart and i met him in a um second time he recognized me right away and it was like hey i remember you the swedish guy that flew over and yeah so and then we hung out and had some beers and nice talked about yeah like old tmc shit (laughs) (laughs) i have i have so many he he did that all that um sample stuff for those paper companies yep uh, French yep. paper. I have all those old books. They used to make some really good stuff. And then he kind of started doing stock illustrations. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, this is probably back in the 90s. And I have a bunch of those old books that are, you know, printed really nice. And I don't know. I guess he was just finding old illustrations and kind of repurposing them. And yeah, he bought like licensing for like big yeah, yeah. of images. And, and yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and Brian French, who, who runs French paper now, is a friend of me and Jason. Yeah. And he's, oh, cool! Uh, he's one of the nicest guys. Yeah. We used to have we used to have a running joke. I, I worked at an agency, and our joke was: no matter what logo you make, eventually CSA is going to redraw it and own it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> true. <accurate>. True. <laughs> yeah, that that that's always a, another thing I'm always facing is, you know, the, the more you work and the longer you've been in this game, the more you've seen, and it's kind of like the less you can do. You know, because you don't want to repeat anything you've seen. Right. And if you keep seeing more and more stuff and styles and stuff, then you don't want to, you know, rip it off or repeat it. So it, it's starting to limit, like, what you get. It's harder to come up with new shit when you're always, see, I don't know, seeing more and more stuff. But because I'm always kind of conscious of that. I'm all, And then I hate when I do something. And then you'll see something almost like... I, I did this one kind of mark for a, a beverage company. It was just for the top of the bottle cap. It wasn't their main mark. And I, you know, and it had all this reasoning to it. And I spent a lot of time figuring it out. And then like two days later, the guy emails me something off of another website. He goes, hey, look at this. And then it was like almost the exact same thing. Like, you know, different colors and stuff. But I'm all, oh, 
really? And then I, th- then I started feeling bad because I didn't want him to think that I was just like, you know, phoning it in and ripping something off. And I was like, ah, oh. so. Oh, wow. That, you know what that happened to me like two months ago after yeah. everything was approved, sent to print, they get a season desist from this little, little tiny, tiny, tiny brand uh. in the same <laughs> genre and this on the set, both located on the West coast and in the United States. And it was identical oh, pretty much and we I, had to just pull it all back from the printer and it was it was a night and we had done research on it like we had done like reverse image search for it and everything really and, was your client was, cool though about it did they like kind of understand yeah, they didn't yeah, think, yeah yeah at first good. i was like because the first thing they sent them wasn't super similar so i was like this is never gonna hold up and then he sent more images of it where it was like done in a different way to look exactly the same and i was like Uh. well everything worked out i had to spend like two full days just because it it was implemented it was a line of clothing so it had to come out of every design Uh. but it was it was okay i mean they were cool about it and and they didn't think i had stolen it or anything okay that's good yeah so so we fixed that but it it, i mean when when stuff like that happens it's always well for me like anytime that i do something and i'm like i'll do something and and it I have this like line where it's like if something's I feel like it's good enough that like it has to have already been done before and then I spend so much time just like trying to find it you know and like showing it to other people I was like this has to have been done before like somebody did this I couldn't have I didn't just discover this riff you know it's like somebody had to have done it and it it makes me really doubt like did I see this in a book one day and now I'm spitting it back yeah yeah you know it It came in your from your subconscious or something yeah yeah when something's too good and i want to almost screw it up so i know that it's not copied yeah but sometimes you make something and it it might have like a hexagon mark in it or something and and you would get an email from someone who's like i made this how we're gonna solve this situation and you're like you used a hexagon <laughs> shape in your thing, and you right. think you have co- like, are you crazy? Well, my, my dad is Fred it. Hexagon, so we own that. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. Mine. Well, uh, where can where can people find uh, the stuff that you're doing? Where where do you want people to, to get get at you on online? Um, I well, I got Flying Fish Studio LA and Nirvana Bucket on Instagram, and then Flying Fish Studio is my website which I, I you guys forefathers have the most sick website i love that thing i remember amir Thank sent you. it to me and you guys that looks so cool but uh i i need i it's such a hassle for me to keep refreshing it and putting new work on there I, i'm a good probably year and a half behind on that or so but i'll get to it in a, some spare Aren't time we all Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's good because that means that you're you're staying busy if you're not you know getting to all the little things to update. So yeah, that, that was what happened when we decided we had to get a because we had one of those temporary websites forever, and then yeah, 2016 there was a big drought in the whole industry. It usually happens on election years. Oh, okay, I'm, I'm not sure what happened, but it was a year when nobody was getting work, and it's when we decided to to spend, spend some time. Yeah. yeah. Well, you has it had about it, that when have you noticed like an uptick like based on the the website like, oh that that year it... we were like yeah we were we had we're in such a drought and that year was the that it was our the best forefathers years to date at well oh, wow. we've done better since but 
yeah, yeah. that that year, like maybe. the rest of the year, we did phenomenal. Cool. We, well, maybe I better go we work out. We were pretty hardcore with promoting it too. It got featured in a lot of places, and we got to go on a couple of bigger like designer podcasts and promote it. And it, it just it it took off. So it, it was oh, right it, but it was a lot of work. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. so I'm I'm taking away from your shit. <laughs> but is it? It's is our it shit. FFstudio.ff. <laughs> F- yeah, sh- short for Flying Fish. Yeah, you can, F- you can do Flying Fish. Stu- yeah, you can do Flying Fish Studio or FF Studio. Dot cool. US. So, but and then I guess right. one one day I'll add some more shit to it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and people can find you on Behance, Dribble, Instagram. You have Nirvana Bucket. On Instagram yeah. too. Yeah, what if what if somebody wants know. to write you a letter? Just mail it to Los Angeles and it'll find you. <laughs> yeah, just just yeah, rent a hot air balloon and drop it, and it'll Perfect. it'll land in my house. I want to work with you. <laughs> no, I've I've got like in, info on uh, Flying Fish Studio. There's a you can email me from there. But I know I'm I'm super friendly. I'll talk to anybody and and stuff. So. I get a lot of a lot of people on Nirvana Bucket saying, "Hey, I I found this like old T-shirt, and I wanted to know if you know what you know about it, or you know, like this promo item my my sister gave me, and I'll tell them whatever I know about it if I know something about it." So. Let me do the countdown for the clap once. clap perfect are you still on it i mean we can try if, all right okay. do it you count down you, you close and robert, you close your robert, eyes Ro- i'll close dude, robert robert uh he was like do i get to do the clap like that's like the thing yeah <laughs> he was excited then he did three two one maybe we've been doing it wrong this whole time he did three two one we do one two three let's do three two one then and i'll count us in you want... and you close your eyes okay i'm gonna just all right i'm gonna close right. my eyes this time cool all right three two one clap that was wait, oh. but you said there, there's impossible. You said it was perfect. You said you said the word clap as I clapped, and then you clapped. Like no, it was perfect. It was perfect sync. Oh my god! I was closed. I had my eyes closed. You had your eyes closed. It was perfect. But but <laughs> <laughs> but you. All right. I know. I All know. Right. I'm a, I this is. A, we're gonna win some kind of a. I'll never. I'll never for professionalism. Yeah. All right. Oh my goodness, that was cool. Uh, that that was I I had mentioned that somebody that you'd seen all of his work and there it was. So it was cool to hear uh, him and Kurt Cobain sitting at a taco stand talking about the thing. That was amazing. It 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 sort of it sort of gives you a different look on it because um, and then and then too like another thing that he said was talking about designing a bottle cap. Mm-hmm. And it's like there's this perception that it's like you make one thing in your career and that then you just I guess do nothing, or just point you know, like, at people and tell them you do yeah, this. Right, you, you just that. point at that. I made never I mind. That. Everything yeah. I say goes. Shut the fuck up. Right, everything I say goes. The the power company no longer sends me a bill yeah. because I did this, and that's just not the case. You know, the dude is out there like still working, making stuff that's like with his Netflix. wife. I mean, the dude did the narco stuff. Is yeah, with his wife. He's he's doing. I mean, he's doing it and. I think that that's like a cool lesson to learn that it doesn't matter what you do, like you still got to keep doing yeah, it. Yeah, you got to keep keep doing it. You know, and and to make a be making a bottle cap, and that's like the whole job. Like, yeah. like <laughs> most of the jobs I have right now are bigger than make a bottle cap. But you know, at the same time, I'm still. I love that he that he does a bottle cap when he has that that body of work and still like 
crushing yeah. it, doing like all this stuff, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll do a bottle right. cap. Fuck yeah!" Right. It's because this is a job. It's not a. It's not a. We're not some kind of. We're not celebrities. Monks. We're not celebrities. I mean, that's it. That's it. We're. We are doing a job, just like a mailman, just like a plumber, just like a fireman. Yeah. Speaking of you know, celebrities, some people say doctor, but I don't say doctor. Yes. They do something a little more important. Than what we do. <laughs> Sometimes. It depends what kind of doctor. I've been to some That's some, true. some pretty fucked up doctors in my life. I went to witch That's doctor true. in Hong Kong to try to fix my foot. I was going to say witch doctor, fool. Yeah. I was going to say witch doctor, but uh but that was cool and uh, uh I will I I I didn't want to tell him, but whenever whenever we started, whenever you pitched the idea of doing this podcast, he was the top name that you had. Yeah. On there. And I, and I was like, cool, yeah, let's get Robert Fisher. Yep. So, <laughs> Well, everyone so, yeah. else fucking missed out. I tried to introduce them to people to do talks and fucking shit, but hey, they missed out. I grabbed them. Yep, and now he's going to blow up yeah. because he's been on our podcast. <laughs> exactly. This, I mean, just think about that, of all his, all his achievements in a box of a bunch of Nirvana and Beck album covers and ephemera. There's going to be a CDR yep. of us talking. <laughs> Probably will. Fantastic. So, uh, yeah, speaking of cool. celebrities, like, I I heard somebody mention this the other day. What's the fucking point of being famous today? Like... The point? Like, what is your goal? Like, like what, what is the... This is completely pointless being famous today. It, it's got to just suck. Like, I, I think it would have been cool to be, like, sort of famous in the 80s, 90s, like an actor or musician or something. Imagine being, like, f- super famous today with, like, all this fucking noise and hysteria and... I don't know. It, it just would, feels it like exhausting. the worst time ever to be like because to be famous because of internet cameras everywhere. Like you can't do shit. You could probably do whatever you wanted in the eighties. You could probably go to disco, do coke in front of people, and I don't know. Like I think they those dudes just like yeah they had to watch out for paparazzis, but like now you can't do anything. You can't go out. I don't know. It sounds exhausting. It sounds I mean, it really does sound exhausting. exhausting. I'm, that's why I've always that's why I've always tried very hard to not become famous. Same here. Yeah, you're doing a good job. Of yeah, it. we're doing pretty good. I mean, I had to introduce you at the beginning of this podcast, exactly, just to make sure people <laughs> knew who you were, Amir. Exactly. So yeah, I think we're doing a pretty good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And no matter how uh, many selfies we post, no one's going to recognize us in the street. Man, I. I take them all day, selfies all day long. I try. I'm my own paparazzi. You're your own paparazzi. My, my one man paparazzi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, um, what you got going on? What's coming up? What's 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 gonna fill out the rest of your week? So the nothing burger I told you about. That oh that yeah, we can't talk that's about. Great. Well, we can talk about it, but it's it's. You can talk about anything you want. Yeah. Well, it's it's that's what I'm doing for the rest of the week, and I'm doing some more stuff for my friend Casey. Uh, who runs American Blue Collar? We're doing. Uh, we've done a lot of work together, and uh, okay. I'm working with him on some stuff. And I'm doing a couple of new forefathers projects. Going to be off the hook, and, yeah. and it's going to be some really cool shit. Kind. I, I love that summer is over, and I'm starting to get some some inquiries and stuff again. And I'm working on a couple of projects still going too. And what about you? I'm going to Florida. You going to Florida? I'm going to Florida. Yeah, right. I'm going to the belly of the beast. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, and uh, so I'm going down to Florida to take the kid to school, and she's going off to uh, astronaut school. Oh, that's right. That's so, right. Yeah, that she's not awesome. going to be an astronaut. She's going to be an astronaut doctor, but, uh, you know, 
whatever whatever <laughs> yeah whatever you know some people some people go and become designers she's gonna become an astronaut doctor so that'll be cool that's gonna be awesome that'll be pretty neat uh-huh so going down on friday coming coming back on maybe saturday i don't know we're just gonna help her move in it's just like in the movies where you just drag their bags and shit and dump them off at school and be like peace out yeah and you see you all know, these hey yeah, it's like, hey, you're not coming home no more. Take it easy. Yeah, and then you're gonna start crying when you leave the dorm room, and her, her mother's gonna cry. I'll probably cry. Yeah. And you're gonna be really, really worried when you see all the jocks running around with fucking kegs. No, no, no. She's no, she's going to nerd school. This is nerd yeah, school. I mean, she's she she's the one that everybody's gonna have to worry all right, about. Cool. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I got going. So when are you leaving? Friday. 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 Sometime early Friday. Packing up the car Thursday and heading down Friday. So, and then I don't even know what I'm going to do with myself after that. Like, in my, with my whole life. I don't mean, like, <laughs> I mean, I've never thought about it. I really have. I've No, for, for real, I've never really thought about it. Like, I've, I've uh, you know, you have children, and then your goal in life is to not fuck them up too bad. and Keep them off the pole. But at, a, but at a certain point, that's over. You know, at a certain point, they have to ask you for advice and whatnot you, you can't really impose it on them anymore and so that's the point that we're getting to and so i've never really thought about what to do after that like mm-hmm. from here until whatever i've never thought about never not so, once not once not even for a minute hmm. like i've never sat and thought about what am i going to do whenever i'm only responsible for myself never thought about it fascinating and so I, it's 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 exciting that means i can sit down and be like oh well here's some shit i'm interested in gonna be a you lot know? of walking around nude yeah. Yeah. Immediately. A yeah, lot of that. that that's gonna happen. Yeah. So I'll be walking across the house making coffee, bucket naked. Yeah. <laughs> uh windows open, I don't care. You know. Uh that will be happening immediately. Awesome. So it's but the the the, the only drawback is and uh this is real, if uh if every Friday's crunk, none of them are. So Exactly. I'm gonna have to do a lot to maintain that crunk lifestyle because <laughs> without any anybody else around it's just like every day is going to be a crumb but you're going to drink every weekend for at least this year right yeah that probably yeah Yeah. i would probably do that i'm not proud of that but yeah probably so you're not going to join me in a couple of sober white months man i just don't think you'll do it i'll join you but i don't think you i did it last year i did one month it was one month fucking horrific but i don't know i just gotta find more purpose i guess yeah because when you're like, when I was doing, last time I went on, like, a hardcore, like, I'm going to get in shape thing, and I actually lost a lot of weight. Yeah. I was going so hardcore during the week that when when weekends rolled around, I, I just had to drink, because the weeks were just, like, exercising and eating healthy, and then weekends came around, and I was just drinking. Maybe I can try to do that without the drinking. I'll see. We'll see. I don't know. It's... It's it's so rough not being drunk. I don't know what it is. Yeah. It's just I don't know. When it gets you just need something to hold in your hand sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes you just need a hug. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But you know, it's From gonna get darker and darker and darker here and colder and colder and when that that kinda brings me down. That that happens to a lot of people. They get like some people are like, Oh, the fall is so beautiful. No, it's not. It's everything's rotting. Everything's shittier, colder. <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah, the leaves turn yellow for a couple of weeks. Wow, amazing. No, no. Ugh. Give me summer year round. 
That's it. That's what I got going on. That's what you got going on. Yeah, that that's it. That's it. I'm uh, watching a shit ton of baseball. Baseball's back. Baseball's back. Oh, we're gonna have a yeah. We have uh, some baseball shit coming up soon. I hope so. Yeah, for the yeah, for the we'll talk. for the our our listeners. That's gonna be. Yeah. It's gonna be. We're not gonna tell you too much. We're gonna. We're gonna no. hint. We've been doing a lot of that today. Hint. A lot of nothing burger. But hints, we got but... a baseball episode coming. Yes, up. we have a baseball episode coming. That's what I'll tell yeah. you. And uh, and oh, uh, the other thing too. Somebody, I I need to. We we apparently, and forgive us because we're new at this. But apparently, if people write us reviews of this podcast, then like it gets more popular. Oh yeah, that's what I heard. I heard something similar. So write us a review. That'd be cool. The, 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 like be honest. Do we have any like, reviews on iTunes uh, in the U.S.? I don't know. I never. I never thought to look at it, and I never thought that you had to distinguish between Swedish reviews. I didn't and the know United that States either. Reviews. Because I had. A... I mean, in my eyes, all reviews are equal. Yeah. I don't. I don't wait. I don't think that Swedish reviews are lesser than. I don't discriminate. American reviews. I don't discriminate either. So, so yeah. yeah, a friend of mine from the states told me that I reviewed your podcast. I loved it. I uh, gave it five stars and wrote you guys up. And I checked it out. I was like, he's lying. But apparently, it's only stateside. Well, tell me if I need to do something. If I'm sitting here in the, you know, United States, I've been in two of them today. I'll be in by the end of the week. I'll have been in three of them. Yeah. So I'm sure I can figure out how to make a review show up. Oh, little follow up on Florida. Are you, are you gonna visit some of the Brotherhood from the traveling cargo pants? Uh if I can, I might on the way back. I don't know. We'll see. I might. I might cruise through Jacksonville. I don't see why not. Yeah. See if I can go up there and catch whatever exotic diseases they're <laughs> giving each other. Yeah. Yep. Sounds good. My word. All right, buddy. So. Um, All right, dude. That was Ralphie fun. Roll. That was our comeback. Ralphie. And uh, yeah, let's do Ralph Earl time. Yeah, don't call it a comeback. Don't call it a comeback. All right, well. Thanks, Thanks bro. bro.